0: Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. Welcome back. I am fresh off of spring break with my family. This was the first year in quite a while that we did not go anywhere. I think I've mentioned on here we are putting in a pool, (laughs) and of course, all the dollars are going into all the things needed for the pool. But also, we've been working a little bit more on just enjoying simple things in our family, and a staycation can certainly remind us of some of those simple things. I took the whole week off of work, which is really nice just to be able to focus in on the kids and not have those conflicting um, thoughts and you know parts of my brain that are thinking about work and thinking about the next thing. Because when you're an entrepreneur, that never turns off. So you're just constantly thinking about what you could do next and, oh my gosh, I just got this idea. I'm so excited about it. But that mental energy Is then taken away from your kids and family. And so I don't know about all of you out there who are moms, but I have a really hard time doing both of those things at the same time. That became really apparent during the pandemic when I was trying to educate kids and do the work thing and manage all of the emotions going on um, with the pandemic and all the things going on in the world. So just Quite the uh, eye opening experience. But what we did was we took a couple of days. It rained the whole time here in Indiana, except for one day. And we did take that opportunity to go to the zoo, which was lovely. Got to see the dolphin show. Dolphins are just like the most mystical creatures to me. I just, I love them. So we got to see that, and the kids had a great time. And then we checked into a hotel like 15 minutes from our house. To just hang out and swim. The kids love going to a hotel. I mean, they walk in the door and they're like, oh my gosh, look over here. There's a little couch. Oh, this is really nice. We really like this. Oh, this bed's really nice. They jump on the beds. It's just, it's really adorable how much they love just being in a new space um, and, and staying in a hotel with breakfast and all the things and a pool. It's just so simple. And so, you know, I really am reminded of that. I know as a kid, I did not grow up with lots of money and we did not travel. We rarely ever went on what I would even consider spring break. It was more like King's Island or Cedar Point um, if we were lucky. And so, staying in a hotel for us, I never knew where we were at, like what city we were at when I was younger. No idea geographically where I was at. I didn't know I wasn't in Paris. Uh, But I did know that I was somewhere different and fun and unique and mom and dad were more present and you know, all the things. So I don't know, these kids just remind us of how simple life can be and how we screw it all up as adults, we just make it so much more complex then it really has to be. Kids have it figured out for sure. So I also have my window open. I can. I don't know if you can hear some little birdies chirping, but it's a nice spring day here today, and you might hear the little birdies outside. I don't know. If you do, enjoy, because I love that sound. It's very soothing for me. So this week, we're going to talk about social life. I've been talking to a lot of the women inside of my program and just on -on one-on-one coaching calls and then sometimes just on introductory calls where people are like, this sounds great. I really want this, but how the heck do I socialize if I'm not drinking? And I will say, I think it might be one of the biggest fears that I hear women talk about. And you know the women that I work with are... Further along in their lives, they're not 22 years old. If I were 22 years old and if I would have chosen to drink or to stop drinking or drink very little at 22 years old, my entire social life would have blown up. I mean, I would have, I don't know what I would have done, to be honest. So I do feel for women in that space because I do think it's harder. Although I think the younger generation are uh, so much more on to the lies of alcohol. And there's more and more of them choosing to just not drink it. So um, they're just choosing to live a life with less alcohol or no alcohol at all. So I do think there's more people out there for those 20-somethings to be able to choose from than there was 20 years ago when I was a 20-something. But, you know, I'm further along in life. And quite frankly, when you get to a certain age, you just don't really give a shit what other people are doing. You're kind of like, I'm over it. I'm not here to judge what you're doing. I'm going to do what I want to do and you can do what you want to do. And we're just not going to care about that. Like we're going to focus in on more important things. And quite frankly, that is what I have found. I have found in my social life that really not a whole lot has changed. People aren't unwilling to hang out with me because I'm choosing to not drink. I may choose to have one drink and not have anything else and they may keep on going and that's completely fine. What I've had to really learn, and I think this comes with some maturity, is that not everybody is on the same track that you were on or um, has the same knowledge that you have around particular subjects. So I've really learned to check how I talk about it and how much I even talk about it. I really don't bring it up. And others don't bring it up to me. And so, you know, we don't make that the center of the conversation because I think people can start to feel like, well, isn't she self-righteous over there sitting there like, telling me how awful alcohol is for me and how clear she is now and how her, you know, brain works so much better and she's sleeping great. And, you know, it can just feel a little bit like I, I don't want to come off as, as being somebody who is bragging or shaming them for not choosing to, um, to to cut back on drinking or quit drinking. So I think that's a huge piece. It's like, be very humble in this journey. They don't know yet, and that's okay because there's tons of things that I don't know yet. I'm forever learning new things where it's like, how did I not know that? Wow, I guess I didn't know that yet. you know. And so um, being gentle with the things that we don't know. um, There goes a truck right by my, my window open. We have a ton of construction going on in our neighborhood, so you might hear that too. And, you know, I talk about it all the time. This is real life. I live in the real world. So noises happen. Um, so really, I did not experience much of that. In fact, I think what what my actual fears were, oh, my gosh, well, how am I ever going to go out to dinner again? I guess I just need to withdraw from everyone. And quite frankly, as an Enneagram 9, that feels pretty easy to me because I do it all the time. So <laughs> I'm really good at withdrawing. And I've been really focusing on forcing myself to not do that, to kind of show up in the world, be present, and to not withdraw, especially if something feels too hard for me. So the fear that I have is, oh my gosh, the whole social life is going to be gone. The reality now, in hindsight, a year and a half after choosing this this path and experimenting you know, over the last year and a half is that, that it didn't happen at all. In fact, I started talking uh, with some people about it. They obviously, I have a you know public um, platform that I talk about this on, and so that's been really interesting because people have already learned about me. They already know, and some of the people that know me are listening to this podcast and reading some of my social media posts, and they're like, oh. We already know what she's doing. She doesn't even have to tell us. She doesn't have to have the coming out party of, oh, my gosh, I'm choosing to not drink right now. Or I'm exploring my relationship with alcohol, which is how I typically would frame it when I would have that conversation. So that's an advantage for me for sure because people come into the conversation knowing what they're getting into already. Um, But it's been a great opportunity, and I've talked about this in other episodes Uh, It's been a great opportunity for me to teach people how to treat me and what it is that I want and what it is that I need. And I think way too often we sit back, we expect other people to just pick up on all the things we want and need. And when they don't, we get pissed off and we feel alone and we feel like we don't belong and it does not work for us. And so I'm here to politely ask you to take back the reins. Teach people how to treat you. Teach people who you are now, who you are today. That might be different than who you were 10 years ago. I hope it is actually. That might be different than who you're going to be 10 years from now or even 10 days from now. I don't know. I'm learning new things all the time. And it's amazing how often I look back and think, gosh, even a year ago, I was totally different. So teach people how to treat you. And the cool thing with that is you start to actually get more of what you want. I now get text messages and invites for tea because people know I love hot tea and a good cup of hot tea, like people that do it right, or coffee instead of going out for drinks after work or you know, meeting for dinner and drinks. I now get requests to go for a walk (laughs) instead of, hey, let's go get drinks or let's hang out on your porch and drink wine. I get requests from people that I didn't know were also on a similar journey or interested in a similar journey. And they're like, gosh, being around somebody that's doing this or that's a few steps ahead of me in this journey feels really great to me. And it feels like, this isn't so hard and I'm not so alone. So that is what I have learned is that the social life that we think we are going to give up. First of all, we might, that might not always be true, but second of all, that might actually be a really good thing. Maybe that social life isn't serving us anymore. Maybe there are some groups or some people that we need to spend less time with. And I know that's really, really hard, and it's hard to have those adult conversations about that, but I think it's really important. And as we progress through life, we continuously learn, and I know I certainly do, that relationships come and go. There are some that stay forever. They're never going to go anywhere. And then there are some where they are there in a season of life, and then they move on. No ill feelings towards those people. It's just no longer fitting into what you want. And that is completely fine. So I would invite you when you're considering how this might blow up your social life, I would invite you to challenge your thinking because this is more than likely some fictional story that you're telling yourself. There may be a little bit of truth in there, but you have taken it and ran with it because we are excellent storytellers and our brains get into these stories and we can't even get ourselves out because we believe them to be so dang true. So I want you to question whether or not you as an individual challenging your relationship with alcohol is actually going to blow up your entire social life and no one will want to spend time with you. It is not true. So challenge your thinking around this and then try it on. We let the fear stop us from even trying. At least if you try, you're going to know. You're going to know the answer. So if you try and you start to have these conversations with people and your entire social life does blow up, well, now you know. At least you don't have to sit in the fear. You know the truth. If it doesn't blow up, which is more than likely what's going to happen, now you can say, oh, wow, what a lie I told myself. And this is some great evidence for the future because you are telling yourself so many other lies that are not true, that have nothing to do with alcohol. There's just so many lies we tell ourselves. So what a great, what a great experiment. What a great opportunity to prove yourself wrong. Let's go for it. Let's prove ourselves wrong around these fears with our social life. And then don't be afraid to talk about it um you know like i said i have a public platform around it so people kind of already knew i had an advantage there but don't be afraid to talk about it in a non-judgmental non-self-righteous way just in a hey i'm really exploring my relationship with alcohol i just am curious you know that's all you have to say and when people know that it is actually really helpful for you in the long run they're going to know how to treat you in the future So go into your weeks. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy if you are in an area with a colder climate. (laughs) Enjoy some hopeful spring weather. And we will talk to you next week. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded of new episodes. This is not intended to be medical advice. This is for gray area drinkers that are wanting to evaluate their relationship with alcohol and cut back or quit altogether. If alcohol isn't ruining your life, but it's certainly not making it any better, you're in the right place.